Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Morning um, everyone. Hey. <laughs> I stole your spotlight. Done. Now I'll never introduce myself. Ah, ah, you just want to restart that, don't you? No. Oh, good. Okay. I'm Liam S. Smith. And I'm Nick Ballantyne. Today we watched episode... Seven. 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 Sorrowful Successor. Okay, here's the thing, right? On Crunchyroll it's called Sorrowful Successor, but in the sub... It was called something like the Invader or something. The 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 champion or something. Yeah, like something. I'm like just gonna that. go with the crazy roll names because there was a difference last week too, if you remember. Yeah. That was tomorrow's courage slash pluck. True. And pluck was really dumb, but it was so meaningful. Yeah. So brilliant. Jonathan's new best friend Bruford gave him that before he died. Ah, <sighs> yep, he did, didn't he? <laughs> with a little bit of pluck. So we open. Um, well, actually, before we get into that, um, I want to point out that this episode actually covers a lot less of the manga that these episodes normally do. They normally do about, I don't know, five or six chapters per episode, and this is only three. It does five or six chapters an episode? Generally speaking. What? That's like, how? Okay. Action scenes go a lot quicker in animated form than they do in... Yeah, true. Because they have to keep moving. Yeah, whereas yeah. dialogue generally tends to take up more space. Yeah, true, true. Still, like, five or six chapters. I think so. Yeah, that's a lot of... Wow, okay. All right. Whereas this was only three. I was remarking to you as we were watching it that I forgot how little happens in this episode, at least in the back half of it, because a lot happens up top. Yeah, you did not enjoy that like second half where you're just like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. You're just doing this dumb slow attack. <laughs> we'll get to that. So we open in Tibet in 1863, which, if I'm remembering right, is about 15 years before yeah. the oh. present. Something like that. Young Zapelli is there, and Master Tom Petty is there. They're on a chain or ropes between huge Tibetan monastery towers in the mountains. Yeah, I was caught by surprise with that, because I was saying to you that I thought the sort of logic that it was... A, it had been following a semi-logical path so far, of, like, somewhat realistic encounters, and then sort of Bruford happened, and it was like, okay, okay, but still, you know, hair, that's okay, that's all right. And then Tarkus happened, you're like, okay, sure, he's big. But what about Jack the Ripper shooting knives out of his body? Yeah, that was a bit iffy. But still, you know, it's still... Hiding inside a horse. Yeah, hiding inside a horse is more believable than two men on a rope just at the top of some monasteries with no easy way of getting up there. Having a casual conversation. Yeah. That's a very monkey-looking vista, though, isn't it? It is, it is. But I just saw that and went, okay, all right, we've 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 lost all logic. <laughs> That's done. Tom Petty explains that Zapelli's about to go through the Celestial Gate training. You know what that is? No. Neither do I. It never comes <laughs> up again. Is it some sort of training that involves him getting acquainted with his Hamon slash I guess so. Or like some sort of final initiation ritual, maybe. Ooh. Is the Celestial Gate something to do with maybe deep, deep in the future? As in, it hasn't even been written yet. It's going to come full circle where someone says... Uh, in the last part of Jojo, it'll yeah. be like, I'm going to access the Celestial Gate and you'll never stop me, Jojo. And then there's Zapelli <laughs> just being like... Hey, I'm Whoa. also here. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, yeah, Tom Petty says, like, this is your last chance to turn back if you don't want to die a terrible, terrible death. But Zapelli's like, no, nah, I'm cool. Yeah, I'll be satisfied with my death. <laughs> yeah, basically he says that... Um, 
if I remember right, it's I'll be satisfied and I will accept it. Yeah, because he has a, he has a mission on his life to fulfill. Yeah, which is destroying the mask. Now, when I saw that, I just went, um, okay. I mean, so he can just change his destiny at this point. I thought that he what? It's like one of those possible future things. I think where Tom Petty has seen that if he becomes a a, a Ripple user, he is certainly going to die a terrible death. Mm. But at the same time, if he's destined for it. Doesn't that mean that there's no way for him to change it? Because it's his destiny. I know, it doesn't bear thinking too much about it. <laughs> so, still standing atop these rope towers, um, Zapelli begs Tom Petty to read his hammer and see the circumstances of his fate, when and where it'll happen. And he does that he by takes being his like... He reads his palm. <laughs> he literally grabs his palm and then he explodes. Yeah. Hamon goes everywhere and he makes a prophecy that... Um, okay, so... A few different translations that we ran across for this between the dub and the sub. And also, the thing that I read on the JoJo wiki, which I can only assume is an incredibly direct translation because grammatically it's almost incoherent. (laughs) It makes sense for a Tibetan monk to be somewhat incoherent in English, though. The idea is that a child will open a door for Zapelli to enter a a room that reeks of death. Uh And in that, he will venture into that room to unchain a young lion and uh, willingly surrender to a cruel death. Uh, Yes, that sounds nothing like the situation that we have found ourselves in, does it? Sounds pretty familiar to me. I mean, if you're watching the show, sure. But the manga translation on the Jojo wiki says, in a secret room filled with the smell of death, when a young kid opens the gate to release a young lion into the future, you will start the fire to the wounds and soon die a painful death. Whoa. The dub of the prophecy kept using the phrase, unleash him into the future of his destiny. Wow. Words do not even. <laughs> that Unleash him into the future of his destiny. Yeah. Maybe that's what the celestial gate is. <laughs> like, it's just the gate to the future of his destiny. So, flashback over. We're back exactly where we left off last time, where Zapelli's walking into a room towards Tarkus and Jonathan, chained by the neck in the lair of the twin-headed dragon. With a lot of hype. Yeah. Like, a lot of hype. And then intro sequence! Yes! So, we've made some progress in the uh, symbolic intro sequence this week. We've passed that one shot of just the camera zooming up the stairs and reached the shot of Jojo having fully transformed into Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, (laughs) burning with Hamon energy, walking up more stairs. Oh, it's beautiful. So, Zapelli looks incredibly badass in this one bit, and then he immediately kind of goes into a weird tornado kick thing. Yeah, well, first they do some... Thankfully, brief standard anime fighting where one of them will kick at the other and he'll he'll leap out of the way. Mm. But then he like he goes in for his attack. Yeah, yeah. Has okay, he done so... that kick before? Because I I know I've seen it before, but I can't remember if that's just in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle PlayStation Three game. Which, to be fair, is incredible. I mean, it's not a very good fighting game, but but it's incredible. Does a very good job of incorporating individual panels from the manga into people's attacks. Mm. It's beautiful. Um, we may have, I'm not sure. I don't think we have, but... Okay. I also don't remember anything from last episode, so... That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but then, he's about to hit Tarkus with it, and Tarkus does a literal DBZ, like, shadow step dodge technique. I mean, uh, it's it's half Naruto, half Dragon Ball Z. Whereas... He's there, and then he blurs, and then he's not there. He's yeah. above you. He's going to attack from above, but or the is chain he? is coming from below! <gasps> You're both right, says Tarkus. <laughs> and he, he uses his special technique, uh, Hell Heaven Snake Kill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I swear to God that must be a Dio reference. 
How so? Uh, because he has a song called... Oh, you mean actual Dio. Yeah, actual Dio. Because there's a song that Dio has called Heaven and Hell. Right. So it must be a reference to that. Okay. Surely. There's no way there is, like, anything called Hell Heaven Snake Kill. I mean, that is, sounds like a very Japanese name to yeah. me. Yeah. But also, why Snake Kill? Because the chain, I guess. Yeah, but why Snake Kill? Well, it kills him. And it does kill him. It does, very much so. Because I thought that was going to go on for a while, where it's like Jojo does some weird retort, and then Zapelli goes in for the kill or something. No, he just... Fast and brutal fights in this show. That's what I yeah. like about it. Yeah, it's just he gets ripped in half. We don't have to worry about Goku and Vegeta wailing on each other for like Three seven seasons. weeks, and it's time for school, Liam, but I want to find out who wins the fight. <laughs> It's true, it's true. Those were hard days back then. Yeah, and then you would get to Goku arriving on Namek, and then the next morning it would be Raditz kidnapping Gohan again. Brutal times. So anyway, Zapelli dies. Yeah. And he dies yeah. gruesomely. The chain bisects, bisects him at the torso and also cuts his arm off. 10 out of 10. And beca- uh, and simultaneously, it's pulling Jonathan into the air and breaks his neck against the ceiling. Which isn't really that well portrayed. No, no. Until they say later, ah, I see your neck's broken. <laughs> so you can't breathe now, can you? So Zapelli is just in half. Speedwagon. On the floor. It's quite understandably distressed. <laughs> yeah. Poco is just like, oh no. Speedwagon is like clutching him against his chest so he doesn't have to look. With his enormous forearms. Yeah, why doesn't he punch anyone? Like, I was just thinking maybe this is Speedwagon's time to shine, but then no. They're both dead. Time for me, Speedwagon, to have a bizarre adventure. (laughs) A very brief but very fulfilling bizarre adventure. (laughs) Tarkus does a bit more monologuing in the dove. When he sees that Jonathan stirs, he's like, even with a broken neck, you still have the poor taste to be alive. And then when Zapelli moves, his eyes flash across the, stri- the screen in shock. And he says, you're pretty lively for only half a man. <laughs> so literal. Yeah. So very literal. So Zapelli claws his way across the floor to the unconscious Jonathan and clasps his hand. And and then magically... He okay, a, here's the thing. He does a monologue. When, when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, Zapelli's dead. Well, shit. And then he just starts moving. I'm like, damn, Zapelli, that's quite impressive yeah and then he clasps his hand and gives him all of his life energy it's the ultimate deep pass overdrive now they could have phrased that a lot better Mm. but how so well deep pass does not sound like the most i don't know intense sort of wording it sounds to me it sounds to me like if you were Passing from one end of a basketball court to another. It does, doesn't it? It's sort of always like, going for a deep pass. Yeah, it's not exactly a heroic maneuver that no. you would ever hear. It's sort of like a deep pass. Like you're underwater and you're just going. So all of Zapelli's Hamon energy transfers from his body into Jonathan's. Jonathan explodes in glorious light and his shirt explodes similarly. Oh, it is beautiful. Uh, we get a shot of the exterior of the building where all this light shoots out of it as if Zapelli had just kindled the first flame. <laughs> you were just like, well, yeah, he's kindled yeah, the first this flame. This is the end it? of Jojo's Dark Souls adventure. Yeah. <laughs> so now everything is okay. Yeah. Oh, except Zapelli is very fucked up. As yeah. Were. Yeah. He's still in half. Tarkus looms over the dying Zapelli, who looks like an old man now. His hair's gone all white and his skin is all wrinkled because he's passed all his... Life energy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's old now. He's an old man. Just deal with it. Now, what I'm curious about is we find out in a later part that um, extended use of Hamon will prolong your lifespan mm. and will slow your aging. So I want to know if that's what he would have looked like if he had been aging naturally the whole time 
or if he had just passed on so much vitality that he hmm. prematurely aged. Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I imagine... We could probably look up his age somewhere and figure yeah, it I out. I imagine it wouldn't be if he aged naturally, for sure, because he looks exactly the same afterwards. It's just that everything's grey now. Yeah. And wrinkled. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not natural ageing, but, like, at the same time, how else does one age? Like, to a degree, it's always natural, you know? I'm not really sure where you're going with this. Neither am I, but, you know, it's a deep conversation. It's a deep pass. Received. (laughs) Jonathan wakes up glowing with glorious energy, uh, and Tarkus is going to crush Zapelli's remains beneath his foot, but Jonathan pulls on the chain that they're still attached by and lifts him up into the air, displaying strength he was incapable of before. And my god, is he ripped now. Yeah, he literally looks just like Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. I mean, it is just insane. Like, he has a six-pack. Yeah, you, thought is... he was, you thought he was cut before. Yeah, I was just like, wow, okay, we are just... We are going full on with this stuff. And again, none of this should be possible back in, what, 1890-something or whatever we're at now. 88, I want to say. Yeah, 1888 or whatever. Because, you know, protein shakes didn't exist for a start. <laughs> so, ooh. Like, it is just... He's pure paleo. It's just... Oh, like, you look at him and you just go, wow, okay, well, that that is not a natural figure. But at the same time, hot damn. Yeah. He has been working hard. His cheekbones seem even more defined, if anything. <laughs> Everything is just hard-pressed into yeah. him. Like, you know, um... What's his name? Is it Mortis Joe from... Mad Max. Oh, Immortan Joe? Yeah, Immortan Joe. Like, he has that thing that he wears to give him the six-pack. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, but on a human body yeah. <laughs> and not plastic. It's just all hard cut into him and he just has pecs and like, oh, oh. Feels good, man. Feels good. Yeah. 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 So he's uh, he's hoisted Tarkus into the air and now he's pulling at the bands on his collar, the steel bands. And Tarkus is like, you got no Tarkus chance. hanging in the background is just taunting him in the sky being like even with the power Dio gave me I could never hope to break those bands and we had seen Jonathan try to do that earlier in the episode and be unsuccessful this time he snaps them like paper twigs well not well it's still kind of hard for him but at the does same it? time yeah he does it and then Tarkus is like what and then a chain hits him and does that little anime thing yeah like, this is such like an 80s anime fight where Tarkus is swinging the chain at Jonathan and Jonathan catches it and coils it around his hand and mm. Oh, it's beautiful. It's It's magical. Very brief, still. Very brief. Tarkus clenches his teeth so hard that his uh, fangs break off. Yeah. And then he spits them at Jonathan's eye, but he misses slightly and Jonathan doesn't care. Yeah, he's like, your little trick won't work on me. And then just humbles him. There There aren't many more, like, fights left in part one, but... Basically, with the possible exception of Dio, after Jonathan takes up Zapelli's legacy, nothing poses any challenge for him. Of course nothing would pose a challenge when you're that ripped. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. So Jonathan puts both his fists to Tarkus's head and says that he willingly sold his soul to Dio so there's no redemption for him and just melts him away. Yeah, it's not even like crush, it's just melt. He also basically tears his arm off too. I don't know if you noticed that. He tore his arm off? Yeah. Oh, Okay, how the hell did he do that? Tarkus punched or something, and Jonathan ran his hand up Tarkus's arm through the flesh and then tore oh, it off at yeah, the elbow. That's right, in like that smooth motion yeah. that made it look like butter. Yeah, that was. I mean, it just didn't last long enough. No, no. You know, he was jacked, and then he just sort of breathed out, and that was 
the end of the first half. Tarkus collapses, in, collapses into ash, and his armor is there, and everyone yeah. gathers around Zapelli <laughs> for what the longest dying monologue <laughs> ever, considering his condition. Yeah, he's literally been cut in half, and he's still alive after Jojo's been given all of his life energy, has defeaten, 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 has defeaten Tarkus, and has now gone back to give a monologue. Yeah, and you're like you were cut in half, dude. Five minutes ago. Can you can you like calm down? Yeah, I was. When I was watching it last night for the dub watch, every part of his dying conversation struck me as, oh, these are his last words. But then he just keeps talking. (laughs) There's one part where he says, now, Jojo, you can dot, dot, dot. Dio is out there. Yeah. He's like, he just doesn't it. finish the sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're still alive, so you may as well just finish it. But god damn it. Yeah. Basically, he explains that Jonathan has to take up his legacy and that through there, the deep pass overdrive, Zapelli will live on in Jonathan forever. It's a literal pass. It's not just a, oh yeah, I've given you energy. It's like, no, 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 I live on in you. Yeah. I'm in you now. He also explains that he had a wife and kids and that he left them in his quest to destroy the mask, but that he never regretted that decision. <laughs> And also, my favourite part of it, because it had to be consistent, he is satisfied and he accepts his death. Yeah, but the thing I love about him never regretting um, leaving his family is that obviously what it's meant to mean is that he lived with his conviction and he understood the sacrifice he had to make. But it just sounds like he's saying, oh, I hated my family anyway, (laughs) no regrets. I have no regrets about my bastard son. Yeah. (laughs) It sort of comes across as though he really liked doing what he loved, which was killing demons (laughs) and vampires, more so than raising a family and getting his legacy. Well, he's he's on basically a classical revenge quest where the mask essentially killed his father and a lot of people he knew. And it's common in a lot of revenge quest stories for the person to die in the fulfilling of that quest. Yeah. It's just also a bit of a shonen twist on it in that he's also giving the protagonist a power-up in the process. That is true. He is very much giving him a power-up. However, he doesn't regret leaving his family. No. <laughs> to hell with them. Mm. It's like, when I saw her for the last time, I knew I would never regret a thing. Finally, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how long do you think he was alive for? Because it feels like... Artic- From bisection to death? Yeah, it feels as though... More than like... 23 minute episode, I'd say probably about 7 minutes. Yeah, now, I wouldn't be able to last like one... And that's not one to one time. Yeah. Maybe, okay, maybe. Maybe. He's controlling his breathing, which is also controlling his blood. He's got no ripple left. That is true, he did give away his life energy. Well, maybe... It's just dramatic contrivance. Maybe he's really, really good. It's just time passing differently in anime on account of how it used to be a static medium. Yeah, true, yeah. I, refi- I need logical You need to know. I think they burn his body or something. And the narrator explains us uh, to us, the poet, William Makepeace Thackeray says, to love and win is the best thing. To love and lose is the next best thing. Deep. So I looked up uh, Thackeray, mm-hmm. most famous for satirical works like Vanity Fair, which painted a broad, unflattering picture of British society at the time. <laughs> So quite ironic then. I didn't check the dates though. I don't know if he was, if if him... Was he in 19th century? uh, It would have been Victorian, I assume. So that would have been the right era. But I don't know when he lived and when he wrote particular things. So I'd be interested to check the timeline on that. Although not something I'm really going to nitpick. It could be interesting if he wasn't actually... Like he didn't make that quote by that time. Yeah, yeah. So it would just be like, hmm, 
He did say it at one point. But it's okay, it's just the narrator telling us, and the narrator yeah, doesn't true. have to exist in the, the time narrator frame. doesn't exist in time, he only exists in spirit. Meanwhile, Dio tricks a woman into eating her baby. Yeah, which, I mean, when I saw it, I just went, damn, Dio is a so, real asshole. Yeah, Dio's in his castle, like, in a room with a vat full of roses, and basically a throne room. And there are lots of vampires or zombies on the ceiling with glowing red eyes. Yeah, and they're all there like bats. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, symbolism. Eh? Eh? Mm-hmm. Vampires, bats, yeah. that's yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's cut. yeah. You see, what he's, you see what he's done there? Yeah, dumb. Anyway. Oh, also, um, just like in Dracula, Zapelli dies in the process of um, destroying the vampire. Just like that one guy who I compared him to a few ah, weeks ago. True that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes, so there's this woman with a crying, clutching her baby to her chest, being like, don't take my baby, don't take my baby, Dio. Oh, don't worry. We won't take your baby. So she makes Dio promise that if she joins him willingly, neither he or any of his servants present will, will harm the baby. And Dio's like, sure, that seems reasonable. And then he turns her into a zombie. Puts his fingers to her head and it cuts away and we hear a crunch noise. And it really doesn't sound that dramatic. I think it sounds kind of gruesome, to be honest. I mean, it sounds like it's a little low in the mix. It's not like in your face. Well, that just means that that's just how easy it is for him to do that to someone. True, true. So then he, you know, sucks her. That didn't come out right. He turns her into a vampire slash zombie. And then she's all like, oh, my sweet baby. So sweet. He looks so fragrant, so delicious. So tasty right now, and then eats him. She unhinges her jaw, revealing her sharp teeth. That are all brown. Yep. And we see her shadow silhouetted by the fireplace as she tears her baby's head flesh off. Yep. And then, like, you see a little bit of brain coming out, and you're just like, ooh. This is gross, this is gross. And then Dio's all like, I never said you wouldn't do it. (laughs) Staring at his rose, and then in the dub, he's like, the irony is lost on you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he does. Being even more of an asshole in the dub. Yeah. The, the shot of him staring at the rose fades so the rose uh, transitions into the full moon as our Ooh. party of heroes approach, finally approach the town of Windnight's Lot, which, if you recall, they were walking towards slash into at the start of episode... Five? Five before yeah. Paco robbed them. <laughs> and put them on this huge diversion. Yep. Yeah, and then Tarkus and Bruford did not help. No. At all. So, okay. We've had, we've had some changes since we last saw the gang. Yep. Okay, so Jojo is now wearing a tank top. I would have loved it if this was just just his sweater vest from before that somehow survived. <laughs> but it's just a proper tank top. He's yeah. also wearing armoured shoulder plates, which... I swear they were from um, Tarkus. Yeah, because I thought that possibly too, because we, got, we did get a very distinct shot of him looking down. Yeah, and also of when Tarkus died, his armour and his shoulder plates collapsing separately. Hmm. So they must be Tark- uh Yeah, Tarkus. I can't think of it. Well, I don't know where he found the the tank top, but I can't imagine any other place he would find the armor too. Maybe he got the tank top from Bruford. Or Zapelli. Or Zapelli. Yeah. <laughs> it was his undershirt. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, oh, we burned his corpse, but not his clothes because they're just damn good. Yeah. Oh man, Jonathan wearing. Uh, he wouldn't fit, but Jonathan wearing um, Zapelli's big white jacket. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Except the problem would be that. As soon as he tries to get into it, the oh, sleeves... Oh, he, he could wear it like a tank top. <laughs> yeah, basically. He'd rip off the sleeves so that he's, like, revealing all of his muscles. And just... This is just a horrible mess around his uh, shoulder area, or armpit region. And then he's just wearing the coat. Yeah. No sleeves, just... No shirt under it, just yeah, open just coat. a tank coat. Speedwagon is, is wearing Zapelli's hat for some reason. Now... I don't want to say that's respectful, but is it respectful to wear a dead man's hat after you burn the body? I mean, it's a very iconic hat. It is very iconic. Maybe they want to hang on to it as a keepsake, but also, 
where else are they going to keep it right now because there's some some mad shit going down? Yeah, and Speedwagon could probably use it. Like his magical floaty hat from before. Off screen, he's inserted the sword of luck and pluck into the brim. <laughs> no, he's carrying that around his waist. Yeah, when I saw that, I just went, my god, that is a massive hilt. I guess it's like a bastard sword or something. No, it was um, it was like a long sword, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't, just I don't the know much hilt about is swords. just enormous. It's like that big, like a ruler worth of hilt. Well, you need to write words on the hilt, so it needs to be extra long. Yeah, true. Every time you do something, you need to reward someone with an extra word. So that happens. It's like Scrabble. Yeah, it's a bit like Scrabble. That happens, and then it turns to a blood moon. Does it? Oh, it does. I mean, it's like a frame worth of blood I didn't moon. notice. <laughs> so you know how, like, when they're walking along, and it's all white and normal colour palette, and then it changes colour palette? Yeah, that's right. There's a brief shot of the moon going from normal to blood red. Okay. Oh, um, Dab Speedwagon has a cool little little speech here. Oh, no. Internally. As they're walking along uh, in these establishing shots, he's like, Struth, Jonathan's demeanour is different, as if the shutters were drawn on his soul. And the same for me. <laughs> Got no time for tears, only anger. We've plenty of time to cry once we've dealt with Dio. I'm sorry, Struth. Struth. Wow. Call Blimey, Stoner Crow. I need to watch the dub. It's good. I desperately need to watch the dub, because it's... Literally every time you bring it up, I've just been like, this is amazing. This is incredible. Why are we not watching the dub? <laughs> the wow. primary reason why we elected to go with the sub over the dub, it's A, your personal preference, yeah. and B, um, the dub has only got the first two seasons, the first two parts out right now. What? They're, I think they're currently in production of part three. Oh. oh, okay. Which is, hmm. part three is, I think, twice as long as the other two parts combined in episodes, so. Wow, okay. That is intense. All right. And part four is currently airing. That was the end of that sentence. Excellent. Part four is currently airing. Part four, currently airing. Yeah. Bam, done. So, they're walking along. Yep, Blood Red Moon. They're like, oh, we don't know what's going on in Midnight, Midnight Slot. They could all be dead by now. And then they, they meet a man from the town. Who looks ridiculous. His name's Mr. Adams. The JoJo Wiki lists his namesake as Brian Adams, but citation needed on that, I think. Brian Adams. Canadian singer-songwriter. He wrote uh, Summer of 69. Yeah. Everything I do, parentheses, I do it for you. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Everything he does, he does it for them. Huh? I don't. Because he, he helps them. Well, he helps Paco at least. Briefly. And then, you know, he tries to help them by... Murdering them. Yeah. Paco is like, Oi, it's Mr. Adams. Runs up to him. Is my sister okay? Please, sir, I want some more. Paco, you little shit. What are you doing out this yeah. late? <laughs> Mr. Adams is like, You mean you don't know? You don't know what happened to your sister? How dare you? She's furious at you. And then he puts his hands on his head like horns and the... Like a bull. Yeah, and the soundtrack plays like a bull mooing yeah. for some reason. And then all them, they're just like... What? He's like, When you get home, she's gonna lock you in the barn and tan your hide. Which I think thought was a bit much <laughs> surely she loves Paco. i mean it's an expression I mean, maybe not maybe not i mean would you god no i would no i don't just, like him no we covered this extensively yeah no he's just he's there and that's as far as we need to take him so they're like thanks mr adams have fun walking into the night for no real explicable reason <laughs> do they just leave him and just go just, thanks mr adams yeah they walk Bye. past him and yeah. then he's like, bye. Camera lingers on him. His face goes weird and his tongue is like six feet long. Okay, now I know exactly who wants to know about my feelings about this. Because, uh, Jay, if you're listening, Jay wanted me to get up to this part. End of the show, Jay. Yep. He's wanted me to watch JoJo for a long time. He wanted me to get up to this part and just be like, Nick, what did you think of the tongue? <laughs> and every time I've talked to him, because I remember watching it ages ago, I just went, what, what tongue? And then thinking I liked it. I can now say for the record, oh man. Oh man. They should have called him Mr. Simmons. <laughs> Oh no. When was Kiss around? They were around in the 70s. Okay, so that tracks. Yeah. 
Either 70s or 80s, but they were... Mm, we don't like talking about Kiss. No, I'm not a fan. No, no. Well, the thing is, they were very rock and roll with that extra, like, flair of glam put in. Right. But it wasn't really glam per se. It was sort of trying to be a more dark version of glam while playing, like, party music. Okay. For the time, yeah. And also, everyone hates Gene Simmons now because we realise he's a massive tool. Yeah. No, the thing is, this tongue, right? I need to explicitly describe the okay. magnificence of it. Okay. So it sort Weird of starts off as a writhing little thing that's peering out of his mouth and then turns into like an anaconda that goes down and then sharp right, straight, sharp right again. So it's like a little orthogonal curve and then another orthogonal curve as it's moving, perfectly coming out of this guy's Over mouth. his shoulder. Over his shoulder. And then it just starts writhing. Yeah, tries to to hook Poco as he he, spe- he speaks somehow, even though his tongue is out of his mouth and really long. Yeah. Um, well, he's like, a zombie vampire. I can't wait to taste the flesh of a young child or something like that. Very Gene Simmonsy. Oh, okay. Now we don't offensive. We don't human. want to defa- defame anyone. <laughs> Without massive influence. Yeah. Yeah. But then this tongue comes out and then... Jonathan grabs it at the last minute. And you just go, what is even happening anymore? Mr. Adams hulks out. First he gets really buff and then the flesh splits off his body to reveal basically generic anime demon. Yeah, it is... Well, I don't want to say it's not inspired because it does look very uh, Victorian era demony. Okay. It reminded me most of basically any monster of the week on Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. But, you know... That Sailor Moon. Everything's That is Sailor Moon. There. Yeah. But like back in the day, because, you know, demonology, metalhead, how you doing? Like back in the day, the old sort of Victorian view of a demon was weirdly misshapen or somewhat humanoid without skin. Okay. So it sort of resembles that in a way. Not in the weird like, oh yeah, he has an animal head now. But just in that sort of, ooh, that's a little bit too human for me. Okay, right. Ooh. Jonathan leaps into the air and presses down on the tongue into the dirt with his foot and sends a heap of ham and through that tongue and just murders Mr. Adams. It, he just melts. Yeah. His face just melts away. Although... A random encounter over. Did we confirm the kill? I mean, his face melted in half. Yeah, that's true. It did melt in half. Hard to come back from. I mean, he is a zombie vampire. But it's Hamon. Yeah, it is Hamon. That is true. So they take two steps and then they get another random encounter <laughs> as a, a man with pink hair walks up to them. Now, this guy. Okay. When I first saw him, sucks. I just went... Okay, hang on. He doesn't look of the time period. Now, this can mean one of two things. Either it's a boss battle, or we have got a new named character, everyone. Yeah. And uh, guess what? It's both. He starts off with the dumbest looking hair you can possibly imagine. It's like a big old flat top. It's just a flat top that looks like Gil from Street Fighter. Yep. Well, actually... Or Guile. We'll get to this probably in about two years' time. No, actually, we'll get to this. So, like, we'll get to this about probably in about I don't know three months. Um, yep. A character in part two is credited as with with a flat top haircut is credited as the major inspiration for Guile. Whoa. Okay. That. Whoa. Alrighty then. Yeah. That that blows my mind actually. Yeah. This guy. Okay. He approaches the JoJo. The JoJo. The JoJo. He approaches the JoJo. And upon approaching him, does he say anything? I don't know. The town is lost. Zombies are everywhere on the outskirts. Blah, blah, blah. All hope is lost for the town. There are zombies everywhere, as you just saw. And then he does a jump kick and Jojo's like, he's jumping at me. But he's moving so slowly. Slow, slowly. What could it be? And then he goes to block and then his legs split apart. Yeah. Now this is where you have issue with the split attack. Well, I have issue with the whole thing, even up to like, (laughs) it's a key feature of the attack that it has a really slow approach. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I mean, it has to be slow, otherwise they won't block it. That's true. I still think it's dumb. Um, and I, you'll find out why I think it's dumb, really dumb, next episode. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought you just didn't like the whole concept of it. Well, because he also, comes in... Also that does, too. He does this weird, like, karate chop on the inside of the split. Because, yeah, he's split... He's, he's in the air, basically standing on Jonathan's two arms, which are spread-eagled across now because he's kicked them apart. Yep. And he goes to do a, a karate chop on either side of Jonathan's head, and then Jonathan just headbutts him. <laughs> his, his ultimate technique has been instantly countered. <laughs> By a headbutt. Yeah. He's like, what? A normal man would have leaned back to try to dodge, but you headbutt me. While Jonathan is picking himself up the ground and, like, shaking his head. It's a brilliant move, reminiscent of Pockin. The thunder split attack. <laughs> the thunder split attack. I mean, I don't know what I expected from that name, but... Yep, it, he does the splits. So he tells them, he's like, hey, wait, I just wanted to, to see how you how you were fight-wise. I'm Zapelli's friend. So literally exactly like Speedwagon, in that he goes, hey, I'm going to attack you. Ooh, hang on. I was just testing you. You're pretty good. You're a pretty all right guy. <laughs> no, Speedwagon was just so utterly charmed by how, how hard Jonathan kicked him. <laughs> not as hard as he could have. True, not as hard as he could have. Yeah. Yeah, I think so then, his name is he introduces himself as Dyer. Yeah. Then the camera shit camera the camera the camera the camera shifts slightly to reveal that his friend Straitzo was also there. Straitzo. Thus pairing Dyer and Straits. Yep. Oh. Dyer Straits. Mark Knopfler founded band along with his brother and another guy. Uh, John Ilsley and drummer Pick Withers. Pick Withers. That's a good name. That is a good name. Are you overly familiar with Dyer Straits? Um I, I barely, am. barely. So they do sort of like my friend Declan describes them as the epitome of dad rock now, <laughs> but basically it's sort of jazz, jazz and folk inspired rock music, sort of pub rocks. Right, right. So a bit like um, what the Doobie Brothers would have been if they didn't stick with country. Right. Yeah. Okay. Their big hits include uh, "Money for Nothing" (parentheses I want my MTV), <laughs> uh, "Sultans of Swing," "Walk of Life." Romeo and Juliet. You've probably heard all these songs on, like, Ollie stations. Probably, yeah. I've probably heard everything they've ever done, thanks to Dad. Yeah. But I just haven't. Uh, and I looked up their namesake, because that's one of the things we do on this show. Yep. They were apparently named uh, when they were rehearsing uh, in the drummer's kitchen by his roommate. Mm-hmm. Drummer's friend's kitchen by the drummer's roommate. Uh, dire Straits. In a uh, uh, description of their financial situation. <laughs> Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah. It's just like, you have any band that's like, man, we need a name that's like bleak and hopeless. How much money do we have? I've got a name. You're not going to like it. (laughs) It's one of those names that's funny the first time you hear it, then less funny in every subsequent time. We're going to call ourselves Bankrupt Accountancy. (laughs) B-Sharps. The B-Sharps. From The Simpsons. I mean, I know that, but it's like, how's our financial situation? Guys, we're in B-Sharps right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Dyer and Straitzo explain that... They're there because Zapelli wrote them a letter being like, Hey guys, I'm going to go destroy the stone mask. It's in Windnight's lot. Come along. <laughs> Literally that. Just, hey guys, if you could just come on down, that'd be great. Because I might die soon. So, I mean, I know I'm going to die soon. My destiny's been foretold. But soon, man. Just, can you come down soon? Yeah, you know, it's going gonna, to gonna get real. <laughs> yeah. So then they explain that. The moon goes away from a blood moon immediately after that, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Didn't notice that either. Yeah. And then they reveal that they are here with Tom Petty. And I thought, oh, good. So now we just have three new characters that are just here yeah. for the fight. All of the Ripple dudes, two They're of which we've never in. seen before. Yeah, I just thought, okay, so we have two new named characters 
and Tom Petty. All of who have just showed up. It's kicking off. Yeah, it's like a party now. Yeah. We had characters before, now we need more. Not giving away how this goes in future episodes, but it feels a bit like how, I don't know what's a good parallel, in the first half of Death Note, after he defeated L, and then in the second half it was like, oh, I need, I need yeah. more antagonists for light. Um, oh, I know, there are two guys who are also exactly like L. Yeah. Who, what was it? It was like, you had L, who was weird, and then in the second half, it was, I think it was M? Or I don't M know. Or something. It was just another I letter. I want to say one of their names might be Near. Near. Probably. Yeah, it was just like another letter. That was the problem. He was just like, I'm exactly like L, except I'm N. So I'll call myself N. And you're just sitting there going, then just keep going with L or stop the series. Yeah, basically. What the fuck? So it feels a bit like the... the, the or when, say, um, I think Fonzie left Happy Days at some point and they replaced him with a guy who was very similar. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's never the same. Never yeah. the same. Basic sci-fi character is what I, the, the first impression that I got, although I don't, don't really think that ends up being the case. Yeah. So basically, he's three replacement characters of one Zapelli. Tom Petty is like, hey, I'm Master Tom Petty. And Jojo's like, you're Master Tom Petty? Zapelli must have told me about you at some point, even though whenever someone asked him about him on screen, he would just silently flash back. <laughs> uh, and then he holds out his hand, I believe. Yeah. And then in true English fashion... He feels very culturally appropriate when he goes, when Tom Petty says, in my culture, we don't greet people this way. We greet them like this. And then in true English fashion, Jojo goes, oh, what? Oh, I must respect your boundaries. And they and all then... put their palms together and bow. Yeah. There was a moment here that I thought, I thought they were going for something very specific and they immediately undercut it, where Jojo extends his hand and you see Tom Petty meaningfully glance at it and see all the Hamon convulsing yeah. within it. And I thought that was going to be like, oh, he has, Hamon he has Zapelli's chakra in him. Zapelli yeah. must be dead. But mm. uh, then immediately after they do, after they bow, Tom Petty's like, so where is Zapelli anyway? <laughs> Where is that old SOB? Flawless. Flawlessly done from the master of Harmon. And then abrupt transition and shot of the moon. It's like, ah, I see, he's dead. Mm. So I don't know if that was a time transition in which they told the story yeah, I think or if he just sort of put two and two together. I think it must have been like they told him the story because you had the cloud passing. Yeah. You know, the subtle sort of like, ah, time has passed. At this point, we get the opening chords of Roundabout, sort of synth thing in the background. It's getting hype, people. It's getting hype. Tom Petty is like, Dio has made his home in the castle on the other side of Wind Knight's lot. We get a shot of it on the cliff and ominous wind shoots towards it. Now, this is where things get real weird. Yeah. So, so it, the camera takes us across Wind Knight's lot, up the castle, into Dio's room. And then and we get a, We get a shot of him and his menagerie. Now, hang on, hang on. Very specifically, it's really weird because he's in, like, the playboy pose of, like, lying on a couch, one leg up and it's, it's holding a rose. And then just a dog with a man's face. It's on his chest. And a bird, I think, with another man's face. With a cat's head. Yeah. And there's another creature in the foreground. You can see it has a man's face, but you can't make out what its body is. And, yep. Just... Yeah. Um, I guess he was bored. There were many things that I expected from this show. This was not one of them. Oh, wow. I actually turned the whole village into zombies a lot quicker than I thought. Well... Better start playing God. Yeah. Now what am I going to do for, like, the two hours it's going to take Jonathan to get here? <laughs> I mean... It's not even explained no. where these animals came from or what he was doing to make them. Testing his power, I guess. They're just there after the gonna, baby getting I'm going to take this guy and put his, put his head on this tiny dog and just hang around with it. <laughs> it reminds me of um, that one guy in Bloodborne, the mad scientist who put his head on a spider's body. Patches? Yeah. Patches is in every Souls game. Yeah, he is. And we hate him every time. Uh, okay. 
there are a lot of things that I was expecting. Maybe it gets more ridiculous. Maybe it just gets weirder. Maybe Jojo gets more manly. Sidebar, it's starting to rain, so apologies if this comes across in the audio. But like, what? The, the like, the... I can't even. I just, I can't even. <laughs> where, where did this come from? Why is this happening? He's... Well, would, would you not make human-animal hybrids okay, if you could? We haven't had any, like... It's the island of Dr. Moreau. We haven't had any prefacing factor to him being like, maybe I should make some weird animals Maybe now. he was watching when Jack the Ripper came out of that horse. <laughs> and was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I Wait, should look into this. Whose head was it on that body? Just some head guy. Okay, alright. That's... Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I can't, I can't even, it's so bizarre. So, yeah, he's there, he has his pets. <laughs> has his mad pets. Pans over. Does he monologue at all? It's like, oh, no, that was surprisingly I... easy to turn the village into zombies. Oh, I don't know. I think he just says, yeah, it's just, it was easy. I did it all in one night, Yeah, basically. I think he says. It gave him plenty of time to make some animal men. Some, okay. an some animals. But... And then we pan over and we see... Grasping at the window. Poco's sister. <gasps> CPR, roundabout, to be continued. Hype, get hype, the hype train is real. She's probably understandably quite perturbed. Yeah, by the hundreds, if not thousands of... Oh wait, no, how many, what was the population? 300-ish. 390-something? I think I think when we learned the population, it also said that about only 80 people died that night. Yeah, so she would probably not be in the best of moods. No, I assume those guys are still on the ceiling from earlier. Yeah... And Dio is just right there. With his creatures. I'm also assuming that she was there for the baby eating part. Maybe. Because... Conveniently out of frame. Yeah, just there going, why? Why would you let her do that? This really, really is not a good place to be. Yeah, no. Kind of wish I was home beating up my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where would he be if not stealing someone's, like, wallet or something? Did Paco even manage to steal anything? Yeah. That's why they chased him. Uh, Alright. He took their suitcase. Yeah, they chased him Which you going, never see again. Ooh. That's a good point. I mean, to be fair, what was in the suitcase? Clothes. <laughs> well, we don't need that now. We have the power of Hamon and magical clothing appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen next? Oh, crap. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood. Two episodes remain. Okay. So, my prediction of Zapelli won't die yet. Out the window. Not quite. But you were correct that we, that targets would be defeated and that we would get a shot of what Dio's been up to. Yes. Yes. And he now has a massive army of zombies. Yep. And which you were also on the money about. Yep. Um, okay, so I think at least a few of them are going to show up because we've only A few had of what, sorry? The zombies. Right. The zombie guys. At least a few of them are going to have to show up with band names. Yep. I say this because I remember it from... Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember which specifically? God, no. I think there was... The only one I really remember was AC and DC. That's the only one I remember. I think you might be misremembering that, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, God. Oh god, okay. Well, at least a few of them have to show up. There's a there's one really dumb one that I'm not going to tell you, but you're really going to get a kick, about, kick out of it next week, I think. Oh, is that Vanilla Ice? No, he's way down the line. Oh, okay. Alright. I don't even know how you know he exists. Well, you were saying, like, in the sub, like, the sub is like... Oh, yeah, when we're talking about name changes, yeah, they change it to Cool something. Ice. Yeah, Cool Ice. It's like, well, yes, okay, it's not wrong, but it is. Um, yeah, so I reckon a few of them will have to come in as named dudes, but they won't last very long. And then the entire last episode will be dedicated to Dio. So Dio won't show up until the very end of next episode. And then it will be a hype moment of Jojo. Because he's doing that now. Yep. Just, yeah, it's too long. Uh, it's the thing wow. I love about Dio. He, in all the scenes we see him where he's 
basically when jo- when uh, Jojo isn't there, mm. he's really calm and collected. And then as soon as Jojo shows up, he just loses his shit. <laughs> he's just like, Jojo, I hate you so much. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, okay. Jojo will single-handedly take on a lot of zombies, and then the other three will be like, whoa, he's really He's the chosen one. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the chosen one. He's the dude. Uh, I think Tom Petty will be really good in that he might take on like three at a time. (gasps) Three zombies at a time. And he'll just be like, (sighs) I got this. Uh, how you breathe yeah and he will make like one slight like movement with a finger and then the three of them will disintegrate okay whereas Jojo will just be pummeling through like 200 zombies and then the other two will take on maybe one zombie each just to show that they're still there and they still have some significance what about Speedwagon what about Speedwagon (laughs) Uh, Speedwagon will be at the at like the side just going Jojo look out behind you yeah, just letting him know that things are still happening and just going... He does have that sword. Yeah. And the oh, yeah, he does have the sword now, doesn't he? Maybe he'll pluck It's Jonathan's up... sword, though. Yeah, maybe he'll pluck up the courage to use the sword and Jojo will go, Speedwagon, I believe in you. And Speedwagon will go, I believe in me too, but I don't want to fight a zombie. So I'm not like... really equipped for it, you guys. Yeah, maybe he'll just sit in the background just going... These men fighting with such vigor and honor, and then start tearing up a bit and going, "Oh, if only he's very, I had such honor." He's very in touch with his emotions. Is Speedwagon? He is for a guy that grew up on the streets of London. Yeah, he's yeah. not afraid. Not not afraid at crying with happiness or yeah. sadness. Or maybe it's just because he's found Jojo. Right, he's like a born again. Yeah, he's found himself again. Paco will do fuck all, as Paco tends to do. He opened that door. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could work, but uh. Mm. Really not that much on your end, Poco. You just had a moment of, oh, I'm so powerful. Maybe Poco will get hugged by Speedwagon because he's scared. Or maybe he'll just watch on the sidelines going, yeah! Maybe he'll void his bowels again. No, I know what'll happen. Poco will be in danger. And then Jojo will come and pull a mad pose just while killing a demon. Of killing a... Demon. Yeah, sure, demon. Uh, and finally, uh, what do you think will happen with Poco's sister? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, quick sidebar about Poco's sister. As far as I know, she's never been officially named. Different articles that linked on the JoJo wiki that linked to her, uh, the article entitled Poco's sister, mm-hmm. keep referring to her as Peggy. I've not been able to find any first-hand source of that actually being her name. So not even from the manga? No, if you're listening and you know that a place where she's referred to that, please let me know because this is really irritating me. Yeah, I mean, we want consistency in our naming conventions. Yeah, or just, if she's not named, just let her not be named. <laughs> yeah, Poco's sister. Okay, either, either she'll get turned into a vampire, which like, would be uh, a hell of a twist. Lucy, what's the name in the woman in Dracula who gets vampirized? Lucille? Lucy someone. I don't know, I haven't read Dracula. Okay. <laughs> Lucy Westenra. Westenra? Yeah. Whoa! I just say this because um, Hayley Westenra is a real person. <laughs> oh, okay. That you know. She, she's the she's oh. a singer. Okay. Yeah. Huh. She's a New Zealand singer that sings like a deep ocean song. Like where, whale music? Sort of, yeah. Where she just goes, In the night. In the jungle. Oh, not even the jungle, man. <laughs> like, way deeper than that. Very deep past music. Now, anyway, yeah. So she'll either get turned into a vampire and then be used as a plot device for Poco to go, Yeah, she's my sister. And then... Speedwagon will go, don't trust her! It'll do, it might do that thing where it's like, um, or ton, I don't want to fight you, sis, but you have to, but I don't. And then he touches her human heart or something. Yeah. However, I don't think that will happen because Poco ruins everything. Yep. So Poco will need somewhere to go once all this is done. And I don't like an think... orphanage? No, not quite. <laughs> so I don't think she's going to get turned into a vampire. 
I just think Poco is going to need someone to go... Someone to wash his clothes after yeah, he gets beaten up. someone to wipe his tears, like the little fuck that he is. So it'll probably be, they'll save her, and then instead of Tom Petty going, she's a vampire, don't trust her, Tom Petty will go, ah yes, a match made in heaven. The Hamon will flow through both of them soon. You think they're going to become his apprentices? I think because Poco will ruin it somehow, where it'll be like, maybe one day, Poco will be the one. All right. I really hope not, but I feel like, yeah, something really shitty like that is going to happen where Poco... No, hang on. Okay, you're going to make up your mind here. Okay, Poco will... His sister won't die or become a vampire. Uh, It'll just be they save her. So that at the end, Poco has somewhere to go. Okay. That's what's going to happen. Boom. QED. Scorecard. Oh, no. So, this week, we saw our first dead protagonist in the JoJo. Mmm, true. You have two dead knights. Four Ripple Warriors totally present now. Hey, there you go. One that is dead as well. Speedwagon has a cool new hat. (laughs) One sweet new digs. It would have been great to just see him wearing all of Zapelli's clothes. (laughs) Oh, Zapelli's still alive. Oh, it's Speedwagon. Yeah. Eventually it'll happen, won't it? How many uh, man beasts have we seen? Three. Oh, God. That number's going to climb exponentially. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few more. Oh, no. See, to me, that's more weird and more disturbing than any of, like... How it's not... No one refers to it at all. Yeah, how it's just there. And you're just going, but why? What? I don't understand. It's like, um... What, what's it? Uh, The thing at Imagara Fault. Or whatever the it is. Enigma. Yeah, the Enigma Imagara Fault, where no one really questions what's going on. They're just going, don't do it. Just don't do it. And then it's never explained. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get in the hole. Yeah, and then you're just like, don't do it. You should stay here. And it's never questioned as to what it is or what's causing it. People are just doing it. At the end, you just go, cool, but why? Creepy, creepy. Yeah. So, uh, wrapping up, we don't have any, any more segments, do we? No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> uh... I'm going to set up a Twitter account before this episode comes out because it's a much more accessible way to communicate with the show if you want to. That will probably be something like Jojo Podcasts at Twitter. Sweet. Uh, you've also got the email address of the same. We'll make a proper announcement once we figure out what the Twitter is. Yeah, I'll, tw- I'll tweet it. <laughs> yeah, we'll tweet it. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or tell a friend because that's how you help new people find it. Shocking. What was our theme music, Nicholas? Uh, it is a remix of Humoresque by Dvorak. By TPRMX. You can find all this stuff on our website or on YouTube. Bam. I think that's all the things that we have to say. Yeah. So, we'll see you next time on JoJo's World. Bye. Something about Roundabout to sign off. We'll be your roundabout. Nah, it's terrible. We'll see you around the lake. In and around the lake. What are, what are the other lyrics of that song? I think the next one is something like mountains come out of the sky and they stand there. They do. Boy, do they. I only know one thing, and that's... One, two, one, 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 two, three, there, four, five, six, eight, twelve. Oh, you're good at this. <laughs> ah, the game is on. <laughs> Battle of Wits has commenced. The game is afoot, but is it a foot I want to be a part of? Or is it like that episode of Adventure Time? Don't give your sugar to jerks. Oh, God. Just magic man, you bastard. All right, we got our blooper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last bit, is just we have the blooper. <laughs>